think you know I've been gone for the last couple of weeks and um, I was traveling in, in Europe um, and I want to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about I was thinking about the five remembrances today which are the remembrances that we all are of the nature to grow old, get sick and die and all we have, everything we love will be um, taken from us, everything changes and uh, all we have are our actions. And I, I think what, why that came up for me is, uh, you know, I spoke a few months ago about a lot of people in my life, family members, friends who are going through health challenges, and they're all still going through these health challenges. So there's still a lot of that awareness of, of, of sickness and, um, and so on and aging. And I also facilitate a year to live group and in conversation with uh, around that, that's always got this idea of the, the, uh, the human condition uh, and the impermanence of this life is uh, always present. And um, it also came up, this awareness um, at a very, maybe like they call a 30,000 foot level, this awareness of impermanence. Um, while I was traveling, uh, I was in Italy a couple of weeks ago for a week. This is primarily why I went to Europe. I, um, I was at a little um, archaeology conference. Some of you know my story. I've been an archaeologist, and I walked away from archaeology, and now I've been doing it. I've been doing it again, um, not excavating, but working on material from the excavations for the last few years, and we, all the folks who are doing it, met at my old professor's house. He's, he's Italian. He lives, he has a house in northern Italy. And so we all met there. And um, so there were folks I've known for over 40 years that were there. There are people I haven't seen in 16 years since I was last excavating. Um, people I just met, I hadn't, I had only known through emails and such. And we were in a compact, it was really compacted. I don't know if any of you have been to conferences or uh, on retreats sometimes it's like this, or you're in some place where you're, you're like all together, like it's almost like 24-7. The meeting started at 9 a.m. and then we'd break for lunch and then we'd all have lunch together and then we'd start up again at 3 till 7 and then we'd all have dinner together. So there was this really, and that was like every day. And so it was like intense and you're together and you're talking and you're this and you're that. And so... It's very, very focused and this very compact, all of a sudden your life is now this, it's your whole life. And um, uh, it was a good week. It was really, um, it was nice to reconnect with all those people. And, and the place we were is just, the, the scenery was just spectacular. I was just so grateful. Every morning I'd walk out and just go, wow, this is this is stunning and able to just kind of breathe into that. Um, but at the end of the week, there were a lot of emotions um, that were just kind of there. Like, will I see these people again? Some I will, some I won't. Um, you know, there was this vast expanse of time, you know, this, this past all of a sudden being coming part of the present again and all those 
feelings and emotions and then the recognition of the, the impermanence and the change and uh, the aging of the people involved, me included, the inside of my head. It's really thing, interesting how the inside of my head doesn't think I'm aging, but the outside of me absolutely knows it's aging. It's such a bizarre... Uh, I see you're nodding your head. <laughs> your head's in... Yeah, it's so, so interesting. So I'm included in that aging thing. It's not just y'all. Um, and it's really funny because Saturday night I'm going to have a Zoom reunion with folks I excavated with back in 1983 um and we're all over the world so um it's that's going to be another trip um to have that that juxtaposition of time anyway um and and because the scenery was so beautiful it was so extraordinary i i get into this place of oh my god will i ever be here again this was so beautiful and i know in the past i've I used to get so wrapped up and attached to places and experiences like, and lost in the thinking mind. How do I make this happen again? Or if I know it's not going to happen again, and it's like there's grief over the loss, and I was like, oh, it's ending. Oh, I get into that kind of a place. And um, I was always in the future or the past, but never in, absolutely in the present. But what I noticed this time when I was leaving is that it was like, okay, um, everything passes. This week is now over. People have left. It's time for me to leave. And let me just be with the way it is. This resting in awareness like we did in the meditation, this recognition of, oh, right now it's like this. You know, and how could we be with the emotions without getting attached to the stories around it or thinking something has to be done? Oh, there's a, a little bit of sadness. This is over. Um, not a clutching of what's, how are we going to continue this? How are we going to, you know, artificially elongate this pleasant feeling, which is oftentimes when something's pleasant, we want to keep it and keep, you know, I always think about if you go out to dinner with friends and it was a really good time and you want to duplicate that, it's like, okay, we have to go to the same place, we have to get the same people, we have to do it. And then you do that and it just is totally different and it's like, but what happened? It's like because because that moment is gone. You can you can replicate the 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 um, trappings of it, but the actual experience is not the same because causes and conditions, you know. We may not be in the same frame of mind. They might not be in the same frame of mind. Whatever it is, we can't trap something and keep it. That's when we suffer, is when we try and trap these things and we try and control, um, you know? We can't. We just have to, you know, open up in the spaciousness of letting it go. And the other day I was reading, actually, a piece from, a quote from, um, a Year to Live, the book by Stephen Levine. And I think it encapsulates this idea pretty well. It says, life lasts only a moment. Then another moment arises and dissolves into the flow. We live our life from one instant, from instant to instant, never knowing what the next unfolding will provide. You know, but then something catches our eye and we just kind of get lost in that. But 
the practice is to just be in this instant without attaching. Um, it's challenging, you know. Every every experience in our lifetime has been impermanent, whether we like it or not. So how do we get to rest with impermanence? Which is, I think, what made me think of the the five remembrances, because that's absolutely a teaching on impermanence, and. As I was thinking about that, I, I recall the, this other teaching, this, um, these things called the Nine Contemplations of Atisha, who was a, a, a Tibetan sage who lived, I don't know, maybe a thousand years ago, maybe around 1100 um, AD, maybe a little, uh, maybe 1200 years ago. And it's very similar to the five remembrances. And Roshi Joan Halifax had us a big um, uh, exposition of these these nine remembrances. But I just want to touch touch on them because it talks about um, this is a little bit more focused on death, but um, that's which we're all going to die, even though. I spent, I was in Italy for a week, but then my niece lives outside Zurich, and I, um, I went to visit her, and um, she had to spend some time with her, and she had some cookbooks, let me see if I can remember the name of that cookbook, I'm going to look, I think I, I, I took a picture of it, I want to see if I have it um, quickly. I have a lot of things open on my desktop. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to mess it. Mess it up. But I might. Oh yeah. The cookbook is called the How Not to Die Cookbook. Who knew that if you just cooked the right food, you would not die? Which I am. Um, I'm always, and I know they don't mean that at, literally, that if you eat this way, you will not die. But the messaging is there, and that's the messaging we, we experience in our world. It's this clinging, it's this grasping, it's this, that's not going to happen. Let's hold on to this, and how are we going to do that? And so much time is wasted by denial of reality, of denial of this moment. And so to actually um, steep ourselves in this wisdom of impermanence is, is so freeing because we don't have to run from anything. We don't have to live in denial or we don't have to live in delusion. And so I just wanted to go over a few of these contemplations of Atisha. One of... Um, you know, this this piece that I found divides it into three sections. One of it is the inevitability of death, that we all die, whether we, whether we use that cookbook or not. We're all going to die. And the one that I really appreciate the most is our lifespan is decreasing continuously, meaning, and I, I just love thinking about this, that the time we have left right now is less than it was when we came into this Zoom room. And the, by the time this, this, we, we depart this, this class today, there's going to be even less time left to us. And so 
allowing that reality to sink in um, and becoming comfortable with that is quite uh, a game changer in how you can just really be with the impermanence and saying, okay, it's what do we have right now? It's going to end. I don't know when it's going to end, which is one of the other um, contemplations is um, the human life expectancy is uncertain. We have no idea when it's going to end. We may have some, you know, some semblance of awareness or some guesstimate like, you know, your family has great genes and all the women in the family or the men in the family live to be X amount of years old or they died young, they died old, whatever, but there's never a guarantee. Even if there's a terminal diagnosis, that's not a guarantee. I, I mentioned before in this class, I had a friend who went into hospice back in February, March, and she thought she was going to have about five or six months, and she didn't. She died much sooner than that. So even, even when that happens, there's this uncertainty. So to be able to have this um, so what's coming up for me is that phrase that I love wearing the world as a loose garment you know just having this ease and spaciousness with how we hold our lives is really um, is really quite helpful um, and then the last the last section talks about um our possessions can't help us at the end of our at the time of death our possessions can't help us our loved ones can't help us our own body can't help us it's just you know it's just this breath this instant and the next instant is is something different and at some point the next breath will not come it will be the last breath and As I'm reflecting on this right now, I'm thinking about when I was standing there the, the morning I was leaving Italy and, and even on the train as I was going back to my nieces, just having all those feelings of, of impermanence and change and the breadth of the time frame that was involved in the, in the interactions and the relationships that I had that week and, um, I mean, like 40 years of... of, of relationship and just letting it go, letting it go, not having the compulsion to hold. I had, I actually felt that compulsion to write all this down, capture this, do something, but instead it's just like, let's just feel this. Let's get on the train, let's travel, let's feel this, let's be with it. And then when I got to my nieces and her husband and her son, and we were just, and all of a sudden there was another world. And I noticed it's like, those feelings are not present anymore. Now there's a new batch of experiences to be with. Okay, right now it's like this. Right now it's like this. How can we be fully present? It obviously it doesn't mean I don't remember those feelings. It doesn't mean I don't remember those experiences and those conversations and the work that we did. But that that is a memory. It's not the experience of the moment. 
And so you can be fully present with the experience of the moment and still ha aware of the memories and, and the feelings that, that had been. It's when we, when we have the attachment and try so hard to recreate um, something that doesn't actually exist anymore, that's when there's a struggle. Or if we live in this false idea of how things should be instead of being present with the way they are, there's, it's really, um, really challenging, really, uh, and usually not very successful. So it's, um, it's like not fun either because to have this idea of the way it should be and then to constantly fail because it's impossible to achieve it. It's, it's, it's not a pleasant way to live. So anyway, um, I think, I guess what I'm talking about is impermanence and, and being, let me go back to that quote from a year to live, you know, life lasts only a moment. Then another moment arises and dissolves into the flow. We live our life from instant to instant, never knowing what the next unfolding can, will provide. If we can become comfortable with that awareness of right now, this is what it is, and don't miss out on this moment. We're so often in yesterday or tomorrow missing the the actual experience that's present. Often when we bring ourselves into the present, we recognize it's not anything like what our mind was saying it was. So can you be in the flow that's right here? And if not, what's getting in the way? I think that's a, always an important question. What gets in the way of being fully present? Fear worry, craving, aversion, delusion, just kind of not even an awareness, which is oftentimes what happens. We just get lost in the thinking mind, trapped by stories of shoulds and woulds and coulds and if onlys. So that's the invitation um, for this evening, my friends. Uh, just a few reflections on um, impermanence, becoming comfortable with the idea of impermanence, being comfortable with, with change and shifting and being present to the experiences that are right here, right now. Because that's all we have is right here, right now. Everything else is in the mind. So thank you, thank you, thank you, my friends, for your attention. And I invite you to um, sit in reflection on this. Uh, Maybe even looking up these nine contemplations for yourself, Avatisha, A-T-I-S-H-A. They're really, they're really, really helpful. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.